0: coming Saturday, Saturday morning. All right. All right, let's get right on into the Word of God here tonight. And uh, if you will, if you can stand, we'll stand and read a few verses here starting in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It begins by saying, it is doubtless not profitable for me to boast. And everybody said, amen. Paul says that in, in that 12th chapter here. He has spent a good bit of the 11th chapter talking about who he is and what he's done. His, if you know about the, the place where he talks about he, uh, uh, Hebrew, uh, I am, Israelite, I am, these type of things. He, uh, if you'll look, before I keep reading on, if you'll look in verse 17 and 18 of verse of chapter 11, verse 17 and 18, you'll see, kind of get a feel for. It, it says, "What I speak, I speak not according to the Lord, but as it were foolishly, in this confidence of boasting." That's what he's addressing. He's addressing some folks. That boast about who they are, not only the folks that boast about who they are, the church people boasting about who those folks are. Okay? He goes on to say, seeing that many boast according to the flesh, I also will boast. But he also talks about how foolish that is. And he many times he says this is foolishness. But what I'm doing here is it's it's this church in Corinth, that he has, he, has, he has planted this church. These are people that he started there. He knows that, them well. He loves these people. They're, they have let outsiders come in. People kind of take over. People that maybe are well-known in the community, maybe have status, that sort of thing. They begin to be the leaders. They don't really care about the people. They don't really care about the gospel. They care about themselves and who they are. And they like the fact that the church thinks that they somebody. Okay? Kind of sound familiar, kind of, yeah, because the fact of the matter is, I wrestle with the same thing. We all like to be liked and bragged about, sort of thing, and uh, that just really doesn't have a place in the church. As a matter of fact, verse 30, uh, <coughs> in, in chapter 11, verse 30, it says, if I must boast I will boast in the things which concern my infirmities or my weakness. I'm not going to brag about (laughs) And he's done a lot of stuff. If you read chapter 11, he's talked about a lot of things that he has done and and what's happened to him and things of that nature. But so he gets in the back. Let's get back to verse 12. It said, it is doubtless, it's not profitable for me to boast. But now he says, I've been talking about a lot of things, but now I'm going to talk about visions and revelations. You know a lot of people get that's a big thing you know so he says i will come to visions and revelations of the lord said i know a man in christ who 14 years ago whether in the body i do not know or whether out of the body i do not know god knows such a one was called up to the third heaven and i know such a man whether in body or out of the body i do not know god knows how he was called up into paradise and heard inexpressible words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Wow. I guess you could brag about something like that, if you wanted to. Let me tell you what I've seen. Let me tell you where I've been. The only thing was is that it was unlawful to say, and Paul never did. He says, of such a one, somebody like that, I will boast, I would boast for you about that, but it says, yet of myself I will not boast except in my infirmities. If I'm going to brag, and, and me, I'm, I'm, I'm bragging about my weakness, my weakness says. And we'll, we'll see a little bit more about that. It says, for though I might desire to boast, I will not be a fool, for I will speak the truth, but I refrain lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or hears from me. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Just pray right now that you will just uh, take me and get rid of me and fill me with your spirit and use me in your hands as an instrument just to speak your truth. And Father, we we know that your word is truth. And I just ask, Lord, that you bless uh, our time here. And may these things... uh, things that we need to hear tonight, just take them and minister to every heart in this place as we turn our hearts and our minds and our thoughts towards you, and we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I. kind of explained it as I went there just setting this up that about Paul and this church that he is so concerned about and the fact that a lot of people the folks have come in and taken over and the leaders are just people that care about themselves and actually these leaders what they did they actually run Paul down they, they talked they would talk about you know he's a, he's he's pitiful you know and uh, not, uh, one of the things, if you read in chapter 11, he, he, he tells them that, uh, you know, I, I, did, I did not charge y'all. Y'all, y'all didn't pay me because I didn't want you to have to pay me. And as a matter of fact, uh, the, the people from Macedonia sent money and took care of me, and I was taken care of. You know? But those leaders had turned this thing around and says, you know, the reason he didn't take money from you was because he knew he wasn't honest to start with. Yeah. He knew that, so they use they used that against him because they were taking money, and they were making themselves wealthy and that sort of thing because they cared about themselves. He saw what was happening to the church and the people that he loved, that he loved, and that's the reason that he he hit this so strong as he did about because all, it, all they all the people listen now here you go, all the people in the church could talk about was their their leader, their leaders, and and you see this in. And all through Corinthians, you remember back over in First Corinthians, I believe, where they were all. I you know I'm a Paul and I'm a, uh, Apollos and Peter and they, they they were wrapped up in people, and uh, and those and it was just it was eating Paul alive, and that's the reason he reverted to himself to look at himself and say, and what he was wanting to say, if anybody you know if, if people if. If, some, if people wanted to brag on what they've done and their pedigree and who they are and where they've been and what they've seen and how God, I could. But I don't want to do I'm not. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just wanting you to, you to know that. What, what really I, I, I want you to see and know is that if I'm going to glory, if I'm going to boast in anything, I'll boast about my weakness that I'm, that I'm not anything. Because here's the fact of the matter. That's the truth. I'm not. I'm nothing. I'm not anything. I don't want you. I don't. I don't want you to see me in that way. You saw right here the the last the last thing I read in verse eight. But I I refrain lest anyone should think of me above what he sees me to be or or to hear from me. I, I, that's that's who I am, and I know who I am, and I know who the Lord is, and I know what He's done for me, and I know what He can do. And Paul Paul knew that, and so as we. And I'm going to get on through here and look at at, at some of this uh, that is familiar. And it, it actually, to me, this is, this these next few scriptures here, verses, are something that really, that I, a lot of times I, I think about, especially when I look at them, I think, and I, you know, maybe sometimes I think too much, I don't know. But I, you just wonder, what in the world, uh, just, you know, because there's things in, the, in here that we don't have and we don't have answers to, you know, but there are things that we do understand. You know. So let's, let's move on into verse 7 here and, and, and look at it as we work our way through. But I hope, hopefully, I've set it up a little bit where you understand what Paul's addressing, who he's addressing, and why he's doing it, and why he had been doing, talking about boasting and bragging and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was because of what he was dealing with there in Corinth. So then in verse 7, let's, let's, let's look at that. <clears throat> it says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Now he said twice in that verse, lest I be exalted above measure. And he didn't want to... I, Paul didn't want that, <clears throat> and uh, evidently the Lord didn't want that either. And there's one thing we just—if uh, we can live realizing and knowing that I, I, we are not trying to exalt ourselves, we're not trying to exalt ourselves. We're not—we're not trying to exalt Rayford Road Church. We're trying. We want to exalt the name of Jesus, and that's—that's that's it. Bottom line. That's what. That's right. That's the reason when you have squabbles and fights and fusses and and things happen in a church that shouldn't happen, and the community hears and knows about it. That's that's the reason that it's uh, it it's it's so hard because it's uh, it's it's not just against Rayford Church; it's against the Lord and the gospel and, and Christianity and what it's in. I mean those those type of things. So, let's just look at that real quick. The whole phrase there, exalted above measure, meant, I'm looking in the Greek there, it says to raise oneself over. And I, I mean, that I'm, I'm somebody, you know. Figuratively, it's to become haughty. You know, just a high spirit, just that, that, sort of, that, that sort of thing. So that's what there is. I don't want that. Paul's saying, I don't want that. And not only that, he's saying something has happened to me to keep that from happening. Now, I don't know, but that's probably a good thing. Probably a good thing. So to keep from being, uh, and and why? Now, here's the why. It says, he he says that lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelation. That would be the, that would be the what the problem or the, that it could cause is because of what I have seen, where I have been. Okay, now I, I tell you right now, as far as, I, as far as I'm concerned, that was a that would have been a wonderful blessing to have experienced and saw. I believe what Paul saw. I don't know what it was, but I I tell you what, whatever it was, and I mentioned this. <clears throat> in Orlando at the graveside. Whatever it was he saw, Paul worked just as hard as any man ever worked for the gospel while on this earth, and he did it all with his eye on where I'm going. Where I'm going. I'm between a rock and a hard place here because I know I need to stay here, but I want to but I want my desire is to go and be with the Lord, which is far better. He knew that why how could how could he say that how could he say that unless he saw some things he saw some things and then later on to in 2 Corinthians 5 where he talked about you know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord and he but he said here's the deal i would rather <laughs> i would rather be absent from the body and be present with the Lord see Paul to me that's that's an amazing thing that a, a man like Paul, a man, great apostle he was, from what he saw, but yet he had this this thing here that he had to to keep him from being. Wow, that speaks to me. That speaks to me. And it was because of the what he had seen. I mean that that much we know, that's plain English. Keep me from being exalted above measure because of the abundance of the revelation. So what? So now let's look at what happens. So what? So what happens? And this is what Paul says. So, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, <clears throat> a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. So we know we know why this has happened to him. And it, 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 but to keep him where he needs to be so let's look at this just just real quickly here the thorn in the flesh okay let's start with the flesh that's where the thorn is the thorn is in the flesh why is the thorn in the flesh now this means the thorn is in the flesh because if he's going to have this problem that he might have to deal with, it's going to be because of the flesh. Am I right? It's going to be because of the flesh. If he exalts himself, that's for where it's going to be. It's the flesh. So, we see the problem would be his flesh. And I'm thinking in my mind, I'm saying, here's what I want to say not Paul. Not Paul. Not Paul. Paul would never have that. Paul knows better than that. Paul preached that too much. He knows that that ain't right. You know what it says to me? It says, yes, Paul. Paul's flesh was the flesh, just like mine. So it's important. It's important that my flesh not not get in the way of glorifying the name of Jesus and lifting up his name. It's for me to not to be out of that it's not about me hard I'm telling you it's hard for it's it's hard for church leaders to not slip into what this Bible says Paul had to have something to keep that from happening to him I don't know about y'all that's powerful to me when I think about that but that's the flesh of something we battle. I thank God I thank God of the blood of Jesus that has redeemed me from all all of it all of it I've been redeemed I'm not held none of that's against me but in this flesh and in this body right here I can commit some some bad things trying to say it's in the name of Jesus when I know that it's really for the name of Eddie. Okay, I just be honest. I just be honest, and it just speaks to me that way. So it's the flesh and the thorn. So we talk about a thorn. Has any, Have any of y'all ever had a good natural thorn? I mean, job to the hilt down in your finger, and you didn't real—you didn't hardly realize it was there until directly that thing got to hurt. What in the world? I've got a thorn here. So we know that the thorn a thorn in the flesh is uncomfortable. It's not pleasant. Maybe pain, okay? Now see, this is things thing I, I don't know what everybody, there's all kinds of people got different ideas about what the <clears throat> what the thorn in the flesh was. I got mine and y'all probably don't want to hear what it is. But there's a bunch of them out there, and I, you know, I've looked at it. But, but I do believe that it's just like a thorn in flesh. It was something that was very, it was uncomfortable. Now, maybe, you know, that sort of thing. Um, could have been painful, I don't know. But listen, it was a thorn, it was in the flesh, because the flesh is the problem, and it had been given to him. Well, who give it to him? Well, if it was me with a thorn in the flesh like whatever Paul, you know. I would certainly want to think that the Lord give it to me. Because I wouldn't want to think somebody come in behind his back and give it to me without him knowing anything about it. Okay. I think the Lord is in on this. See, the Lord knows it's, 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 in, it's in Paul's best interest. That what he's been through doesn't affect his flesh and cause him to make mistakes. Who's who's concerned about Paul? The Lord is. Who? Where did it come from? it was given? And I, and when, when we were thinking about giving, I went to James. James 1:17 says, "Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning." I believe it. This was something that. The Lord allowed, it was there, it was given to him. It was given to him. And uh, it's uh, I, as I was thinking about it, I, I wrote this down because I think we can relate to it. That as, as loving parents, sometimes our most loving gifts to our children are often unpleasant to them. Amen? I mean... I guarantee you my daughter Lacey when she was four, five, six years old would have gladly wanted me to call the health office and cancel that appointment to get them shots. She wanted that removed, but I didn't remove it. And why did I not remove it? It was painful to her. Uh, It was uncomfortable. She didn't look forward to it. But I did it because I loved her. I knew it was the best thing for her. Okay, And I think it's just, I, I feel like this is, is kind of like that. But as we read on, so it was given to, and then it says a messenger of Satan. A messenger, the word is actually like an angel or something. I, I, so, I, so I'm guessing some kind of demonic something, spirit or whatever. I, you know, I don't know. but i do, but i do know that god just over controls the demonic. Okay, he's god. He's god. So there's a lot of questions here. <clears throat> but it, it says a messenger of Satan in and, and then to buffet me. To buffet me. I don't know how many of y'all here here can ever say that y'all were buffeted. Do you, do you know what buffet, buffeted means? I I looked at the, it, it comes from the root word that it comes from means to wrap with the fist. So, have you ever been hit side of the head? Have you been buffeted? That's the word. <laughs> what in the world is going on here? You know? This is, this is what Paul said. This is, but what, what whatever's going on and listen okay <clears throat> just my own thought okay i, I told you i wasn't going to tell you i'll throw it out there because i don't i don't know a messenger of, of satan and, I and a lot of people talk about his, his physical problems uh he had physical problems, He had eye problems they think maybe from the time that he's the light hit him and he was blinded and things and it maybe it looked bad and it was embarrassing or why well, yeah just it's on and on and on and on <clears throat> but i'm all, but i'm also thinking you know probably one of the things to me that could could really get me is if it was like a a messenger of satan to constantly around reminding you of what you've done I know that Paul several times in the scriptures talks about how unworthy he was because let me tell you what I did. I had people put in jail. I, I stood and let people get killed and say it was okay because they were Christians. That sort of thing. I don't know. <clears throat> when you talk about physical, sometimes just the emotional the emotional part uh, and, and things... That can just eat at you heavy and be a weight, I don't know, I don't know if that's what it was or not, uh, but I know that it was there, it was given to him, uh, it was because of the flesh, and it was not pleasant and I, and I believe that with all my heart. Verse eight says concerning <clears throat> concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that he might depart, that it might depart from me, so. He didn't, he didn't, he would have rather it been gone. Okay? I mean, that's just the way it is. Paul would have rather it been gone. The Apostle Paul prays three times for the Lord to move it. That's powerful stuff. To me, when the Apostle Paul's praying, and the things that I know that has been, Paul's done, been performed, and how God's worked to him, and, and he's going to God now and asking for this to be removed. But it's not. And so, for one thing, let me tell you, just because God doesn't answer your prayer the way that you think you want it answered doesn't mean that he has not done the right thing for you. You just got to know that. And, trust, and believe, trust in the God that you serve. And then he goes on to say, and he said to me, the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. Thank God for his grace. Wherever you go, wherever I take you, whatever I'm taking you through, Paul, trust me. My grace will get you through this anyway. I know what discomfort, whatever, but my grace is sufficient. And what this is doing is better for you. Better for you, I, Paul. Paul, I'm, I, I, I mean, I can see me saying, Lord, I, I ain't. I, are you sure that this is better? for He said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Okay, you you remember he talked about glorying in my infirmities? That's the the weakness, my infirmity, my weakness. I glory in my weakness. See, he was telling those folks about that because Paul knew what God had already told him that my strength is made perfect in weakness. So he makes a, therefore, uh, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ rests upon me. I, it's almost like I, Paul could say, I want to assure you of one thing. Those leaders you got out there now that are bragging about who they are, the power of God ain't resting on that. The power of God rests on the weakness, on the folks that know who they are. I know who I am. I know who I am. But I know that God has told me that his power, his power is, is made perfect, and that, 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 is that my strength is accomplished or fulfilled in weakness. That's, it's there is where my strength is seen. If you want to witness For the power of God and the strength of God, it it will be seen in your weakness, in your weak times. You know it as well as I do. It's in our weakness that we cry the loudest. It's, it's, It's there. It's in our weakness that I know there ain't nobody can help me but the Lord. I know that, and that's what, and, and I cry out there, and that's where his strength comes in, and he picks me up in the middle of all of this mess and this heaviness and these weights and this cloud and lifts me above it. That's the power of God, and I know that. But I experienced it while I was just in, in this weak, weak time. The power of God is, is evident there <clears throat> in the weakness. Because see, and I love this fact, that God has just, all through the word, has shown himself in his power by taking something so insignificant and in bringing great victory. He don't need the powerful. He don't need the strong. He don't need the wise. He don't need the wealthy. It's those that realize, "Hey, listen! If you're born again, saved child of God, it's because you came to the place where you realized your weakness, that you were unable to save yourself. If you never come to that place, I don't know if you got what you needed to get, because that's when you get to that place where." I'm nothing. I, I, can't, I can't say myself. I see that. I, I got a problem here. It, 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 I, I see it. And I need a Savior. And you call on Jesus. Okay. So that way, the, the weakness. Hmm. And there's examples of now. I'm just going to hit them real quick as we think about that. And uh, I'll read the scriptures, but let, we'll, go, we'll go all the way back to Exodus. And look at the children of Israel when they had left uh, the uh, come out of bondage from uh, from Egypt Pharaoh's chasing them and he catches them and they're they're up against the Red Sea mountain on one side Pharaoh's army rolling in on the other and here's what it says and when Pharaoh drew nigh the children of Israel this is Exodus 14, 10, The children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them and they were sore afraid and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Let me tell you, they realized their weakness. They knew. They didn't all gang up and say, well, how are we going to fight our way out of this? Let's figure something out. No, no. We ain't got a prayer. We We ain't got a hope. The only thing is is that they did. But they couldn't, they could if, if, hey, look at it like this. Had they leaned on their flesh right now, they would have got stoned. The flesh ain't going to, flesh ain't, ain't you got to come to the end of that and realize that. <clears throat> so we drop down to verse 15 in Exodus. It says, and the Lord said unto Moses, wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But here, listen to this. But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. The strength, the power of God is going to be displayed, right? We know the story. It divides. But let me think about this children of Israel they're scared they're crying out to the Lord I mean it's like this I mean we got nowhere to go here here comes the Egyptian army thousands of foot soldiers hundreds of chariots and we got a stick we got a stick Tell you something that stick had the Lord on it that stick was being used by God. See God doesn't need the weakness, insignificance. Take it. Folks, when I can get rid of the more of me I can get rid of, the more God can use. And that's a, I'm telling you right now, that's a good trade-off there. See? God's working through the stick. Hold up the rod. The seed's going to part. You know, that's all it, that's what that's what they had. We got a stick. Wow. But a good one. As you move on into 1 Samuel, chapter 17, you run across the story of David and Goliath. And same thing, same, same type of deal. Goliath is, Defied the armies of Israel. Scared them all to death. Nobody wants to go fight him. You got the whole, listen, <laughs> I'm thinking in my mind. You got the whole countryside is just covered over there with flesh that has come to the end of itself. They ain't going out there. They, it's, they're helpless. They're scared. <laughs> wow. But David comes, young but shepherd boy, shows up and says, "Well, look, I will go fight him." I mean, they make fun of him, just all that kind of stuff. But he, "I will go fight him." In Sam, uh, one Samuel 17, seventeen thirty eight says, "And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head, and, and also he armed him with a coat of uh, mail." David girded his sword upon his armor, and he said to go. For he had not proved it. He didn't go. He just said, I can't use this. I'm going to take it off. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put, David put them off. And he took his staff in his hand, and he chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. And then he put them in his shepherd's bag, which he had even in a script. And his sling was in his hand. And he drew near the Philistines. We know the story. We know the story. We have got all the armored soldiers, all the weapons, all the warfare stuff is all up there on the hill, scared to death. But God uses a little boy with a sling. See, in the eyes of Goliath, that was weakness coming out here to me. But see, God had control of that sling and that's what matters. That's all that matters. God can do anything with the smallest, with the weakest, it doesn't matter. And my my greatest disadvantage that I do to myself is when I let this flesh rise up and think that it's going to do a little something. When this flesh realizes I ain't I'm dependent on the Lord. That's when He works. That's what He knew for Paul. The great work that He would do with Paul for Paul. Paul, He, he didn't not ever want Paul to have to battle that flesh of coming up, and what he had, what had happened, was for Paul's good. Not only that. In Judges, you'll read uh, you'll read about Gideon, a young boy, scared to death, hiding, trying to get a little weed out to save it from the Medians to get it. They got everything and he was trying to keep them from getting it. Scared to death. Angel shows up and calls him a mighty, valiant warrior. He says, well, you're, you're nuts. You know, I'm, I'm nothing. As a matter of fact, I'm from the tribe that's the least of all these tribes and as a matter of fact, my family's the poorest in this poor tribe. You've come to the wrong place. See, Gideon knew who he was. See, folks, it means so much when, you, when we understand who we are. I am just a poor soul in need of a Savior, Jesus Christ. And, the, and, 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 and I need him, and able to do anything for him, I need him working through me, and I don't need the flesh at all. I just need him. I just need him. So they went on and uh, he gets him an army Gideon finally gets an army and the Lord gets him squared away to go they go to fight he's got thousands and the Lord says you got too many see it needs to what people need to see is the power of God not the power of us the power of God you got too many Gideon ask ask all this bunch who's scared and send them back home 22,000 says I'm scared they went back home he says, Well, you still got too many. Take them down to the river and let them drink. And whoever, which one of them laps water like a dog? That's the ones you're going to keep. And Gideon says, Well, you got me down to 300. And that's all I got. He says, That's all you need. But not only that, he takes those 300. And it says in Job, uh, Judges 7 16, And he divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand and an empty pitcher and the empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. That's what he's going to use. He's going to use that. He's going to use the pitchers and a horn to defeat a a, a nation of Midianites. Because, see, God God can take the weak, the insignificant. A pitcher, easily broken. Easily broken. But that's what he's going to use. I have to realize, when I... When I, when I realize my brokenness and my frailty, God can come in and do things through me for his glory. For his glory. Wow. So they do. They go up there. They bust the pitchers. Boom. There the light comes on. They've all circled around. The enemy flees. The victory is won by the grace of God, by the power of God. Nobody could go back and say, man, we, we come up with a brilliant strategy. No, you didn't come up with that. That was from God. That was from God. And I, as I think about that, <clears throat> and we go back, we, we get back over now to Corinthians. But as I, as, as I, as I think about the, how God just, God loves to use weak things, broken things. That's why he, he, he works and does such things. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and this, this is in verse 5, and to me this is, this is just so good, so good. Because Paul's still dealing with these Corinthians in these letters for all kinds of stuff, you know. But in verse 5 of chapter 4, it says Second 2 Corinthians, For we preach not ourselves. (laughs) It's like like he's 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 always having to say, it's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about other folks. It's it's not. We preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord. That's, That's what we do. That's who we are. That's what we're about. That's all we're about. And ourselves, your servants... For Jesus' sake. It's all about him. I'm a servant of the Lord, and I'm here for him and on behalf of him to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what that's that's what that's what I'm doing. It's not about me. For God, and then he says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, that God, the creator God, hath shined in. In our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There's what Paul says. There's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm preaching. My I have my eyes have been open. I was in the dark, and now I'm in the light. I know this Jesus. I know him. And, and, and it says the light of the knowledge. The knowledge of the glory of God. Glory to his name. Not glory to my name. It's the glory of the the name of God. To see his glory. His glory. And what is his glory? His glory is in the face of Jesus Christ. That is the glory of God. It's what he has done to his son, what he has done for mankind. The, The love, the goodness of graciousness of a holy God. That's glory. I singing that song. Glory to his name. Because I've been to the cross. I I know. I know my my heart has been opened. But it says, but for God has shined in our hearts. So we have to realize that. That God's the one that touched the heart. God's the one that has opened up the heart. And give me that knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And that's what we preach about now. But listen to this. Just next first. But we have this treasure. What's the treasure? Jesus Christ, That's the treasure. That, the gospel. let me tell you the greatest story there is. That's the gospel. That's the, tre- that's the greatest thing I've got, folks. That's my treasure. Is my relationship, my salvation with the Holy God through Jesus Christ? The greatest, the greatest thing that I can do for my family and my, my wife is to know Him. And trust him and serve him and make him number one. Nothing else even comes close. It's the best thing I can do. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. This is a mighty treasure, but it's in what? This this is an earthen vessel. <laughs> and not a pretty at that. And this one, it's going back to the... Earth, it's earthen. It's an earthen vessel. See, those earthen vessels were—they were easy to break. You know, pretty frail. You know, and that's what he was talking about—the jars of clay, the, the earthen vessel. We have an—we have a tremendous treasure in an earthen, weak vessel. That's me. Just remember, the treasure ain't the vessel. The treasure is what I have inside. That's the treasure. That's what we, needs to be out. It's what people need to see. For we have the treasure in the earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God And what? I didn't hear you. Right, one more time. Not us. Not us. Not us. Not us. It's God. The power of God. Wow. This ain't just, but Tony, you can ease up. This, this spoke to my heart today. I have a great treasure. This is, it's in this earthen vessel. It's powerful, wonderful treasure. God can do wonderful, powerful things through any one of us, work with us. But it's to our benefit to know and to understand the more we can keep the flesh. And it was so important that the mighty, great Apostle Paul, it was so important that God said, I'm going to do a little extra with you (laughs) to make because you're something else. But you don't need that flesh rising up. You don't need that. And I don't need that. I don't either. <clears throat> That's just the way that God works. It works better when we realize who we are. The flesh comes to the end of itself. We realize our weakness. God says, I'll roll in. I'll roll in then and do things that will surprise you. And that, I'll close with these scriptures here in First Corinthians, first verse, I mean, first chapter, verse 27 says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame that which is mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised, God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are. That no flesh, flesh, that's the problem. That's what needed the thorn. Remind it. That no flesh should glory in his presence. And that's what Paul was battling with, is trying to tell those people, you're glorying in yourself, and that's no good. And you're tearing up a church and ruining a lot of people. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who become for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He's my wisdom, my righteousness, my sanctification and my redemption. That as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. If you're going to boast, it ain't me. I just want to tell you about the Lord. It's great. It just kind of helps us sometimes just to refocus. It's about the Lord. And we come to places in life where we realize that from time to time. God us, brings us to a place where we realize, it's not about me. It's not about me. It's about the Lord. Let's stand tonight if you will. I just open up the altar. If you're here and just want to come to the altar, just feel free. If you're here tonight and you need Jesus. But I just pray that just speak to us. Wow. It's important.